This is the Classical Post Podcast, exploring the intersection of classical music, style, and wellness. We dive into meaningful conversations with leading artists from an array of different backgrounds. Based in New York City, Classical Post is a touchpoint for tastemakers. I'm Jonathan Eifert. Let's get into it. Here with baritone Jared Logan Porter, who's uh, based in New York City and has been doing some very interesting things lately. So I thought we would have him on and chat style. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, I'm probably unconventional in terms of my editorial focus, in that I want to talk about things outside of the music specifically. I mean, I think obviously there's places and you need to talk about the music and you need to talk about that art. But at the same time, I'm really fascinated at what makes an artist um, because life experiences definitely shape art. 100%. It's not just, you know, art exists in a vacuum. Uh, so I, I, I am often curious how um, artists uh, consume mm-hmm. things outside of things, uh, specifically classical music. So things that might be style icons or uh, architecture or um, uh, like furniture design, for example, or food, you know, uh, cuisine, uh, all of those things. So um, yeah. I just have, a, you know, various questions here. Let's just walk through them and feel free to just dive in and elaborate uh, on uh, it a, a little bit more. So um, who or um, what are your style icons? And it can uh, be in fashion, interiors, lifestyle. I think one person that really comes to mind um uh, I don't know if you follow on Instagram, Jeff Goldblum. I love, you know, obviously seeing him act and everything, but in terms of style, he has this um, sort of really interesting way around, you know, retro, but also looking forward, um, timelessness, but funky, um, which is kind of uh, not necessarily something that I... Uh, embody stylistically myself, but certainly an icon. Um, maybe when I'm in his age, you know, I will be, you know, changing my style a little bit. But I would say like my interior um, inspirations and my fashion um, inspirations hopefully align. You know, I'm a sucker for minimalism. Um, but I think, you know, um, Minimalism has to, for me, toe the line of um, timelessness and, um, you know, a classic sort of look. Um, I'm not super into, like, fluorescent lights, um, you know, um, really super, like, stark minimalism. I just love, you know, clean Danish, Japanese um style uh design uh but also like charles and ray eames um mid-century um so i think somewhere in between all of that is what pleases me most aesthetically at some element it's about earthiness for me um i think when i talk about like places that i love that i've spent time in or you know kyoto for example my fondest memories of those places um, was just like the smell, you know, or like, or like the wetness of the trees, you know? And I think that anything that can like kind of bring Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. 
those memories, um, even in furniture, um, paintings, anything like that, I think I'm super um, interested in. Um, I'm also really into art. So I think for me, having a space that I can kind of be able to have a lot of different pieces hanging on the wall and not have it be busy, but have it kind of uh, some way um, mm. mesh is really important. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where my my uh, love for minimalism comes in because then I'm able to embellish where I want to and take away where I, where I feel like uh, it needs to happen. What I've been most drawn to is abstract art that I feel like deals with a lot of texture. Um, So like not abstractness for abstractness's sake, um, but things that I feel like have poetic gesture um, that I'm not maybe fully understanding, but something that that I can look at and see differently day to day. I think that's what really grabs me. Um, I also love when using materials that are sentimental um, in some way. Um, like uh, these behind me actually are from are uh, by an artist named uh, Kitty Heffelfinger. Um, and she's an Iranian American artist, but she deals with a lot of Japanese indigo. Um, and so that, that kind of combines a lot of like, what I love. Yeah, it's life, really cool. You know? I love it. Um, or describe your dream aesthetic. So I think it, it kind of is what we just talked about, only it's maybe a little bit uh, deeper mm-hmm. and long-term. So yes, this is maybe where you're at right now. Um, do you foresee it just kind of continuing this way? Or you know, do you think like, oh, when I'm you know, this, um, you know, like, I don't know, 55 or 60 or mm-hmm. something like that, I'm going to be not a minimalist, I'm going to be a maximalist or something. And you're going to be- It's hard to say because back, I think, uh, you know, era. earlier I talked about Jeff Goldblum and I kind of insulted him and I feel bad if, you know, I said when I'm his age, I might change that. But I, I kind of take that back because um, what draws me to something is sentimentality. Um, I think if I were to label one thing that kind of mm, mm-hmm. makes me me is this like um, really sharp focus on um, sentiment and, um, you know, like I'm having coffee from this mug that I bought in Santa Fe my first summer um, and it's by a ceramicist named Logan Wanamaker um, and he works out of Taos and he, you know, works in... Um, uh, like an old style uh, wood stove um, that's gigantic. Um, and I love this mug for the same reason I love um, Japanese ceramics or, you know, um, minimalist design. It's because it deals with elements um, and, you know, the clay of, of that, uh, that place, you know, um, which I think um, is why I love minimalism because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have one thing that is really beautiful and means something to you, you don't need a lot of other fussy things around it. Um, So, I mean, just to add, it sounds like there's a bit of form that you're attracted to. 
like this idea of like if the minimalism and you're kind of weeding out all of the extraneous elements or whatever and you're just um forced mm-hmm. to focus on one particular thing like the coffee mug for example it's kind of almost the form but it's also mixed with that sentimentality of exactly um, yeah. maybe the time you know, and place um, where that was collected I also think it stems from having a lifestyle where I am traveling a lot. Um, and, you know, obviously mm-hmm. from the outside, it probably looks like a wonderful um, sort of vacation um, like all the time kind of lifestyle. But, you know, it, it's hard being away. Um, I am a homebody. <laughs> as much as I do love to travel and be in yeah. new places. And I think it's my way of sort of like collecting things that mean something to me that I can then bring back and always remember um, and kind of like mm-hmm. uh, create those associations. Um, something that I also love in design is, and in theater is light. Um, I love spaces that enable like, beautiful amounts of natural light. Um, and like I'm looking on my floor right now and the way the sun is, um, I just love being able to see that in a really simple way and have that also be sort of like an element of, of the design in itself. Light, light is everything I think. Yeah, for sure. Not just the natural light, but even, you know, artificial light, you know, when it's dark out and how you have the lighting. Yeah. It's so critical. I mean, I know my mood is definitely affected by lighting, right? you know, because if it's uh, weird inside, I'm like, "Eh," you know, what do you want your style to say about you? I mean, we talked about this other side of the style and maybe what inspires you and the different design elements, but um, I think your own, like, what do you want it to really um, say about who you are as a person and as I think um, focus comes to mind when I uh, consider what my style or my vibe might say to others. I think I would want to look put together, but not you know, fussed over too much. Um, you know, you're well aware there's like a fine line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for me, kind of just um, a casual approach to really elegant, minimal, um, a really elegant and minimal aesthetic is is um, what I hope to convey. And I think, you know, I hope that it, that it shows... Um, that I care. Whatever people choose as their kind of vibe or like how they see themselves, it it really is um, a tool. Um, and it can be a way that, you know, not just beautiful Instagram photos or, or um, you know, people saying, oh, well, he's super stylish. It really is a lifestyle and it really is a tool that you can use to manipulate in a way at some sense. Um, how people perceive you. And I think that's the one thing I would say is that um, figuring out how to use that and figuring out this exact question that you asked me is something that I think in in um, the past few months specifically I've been thinking about um, more specifically. I'm about to revamp my website and make new recordings and just have new photos taken. Um, and all of that, you know, at some level, I think matters. I think it matters uh, completely. And I think it's one of those things that uh, as this new crop, as it were, of classical artists are going through the ranks, 
um, really from now going forward, it's going to be um, a, a much more comprehensive right, right. approach than just saying you have to be talented. Um, I mean, and I think, you know, yes, it has been shifting over the, um, the past decade, you know, with the rise of uh, all this digital technology. But I think um, especially going forward because of the pandemic that was kind of forcing everyone to really produce a lot more digital stuff. Um, yeah, this idea of uh, curating your image and, and making sure that what you're putting out there is what you want that will garner more success in the future um, is just more and more important, I think. At the end of the day, it's empowering to know that you have control and that whatever you are able to work with is a medium yep. to be able to communicate um, yourself, uh, the way you uh, prepare your work, the amount of time and care um, that I would assume you have as a classical musician, um, it it all kind of adds up to this one thing. No, it, I think you're. It's very profound what you said. I, I really, I, I think you're saying something that is should resonate with so many other people because um, I think people are aware of that, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily mm -hmm. yeah. putting their finger on it and saying that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is that's why it's interesting to talk about. Uh, because I've, I've just seen it so where, or kind of so many other places where it's just all kind of siloed off, you know, a, a person's um, interest versus what they do professionally versus what, you know, da, 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 and it just kind of gets annoying where I'm trying to bring those worlds together. And I think you're, you're saying it so eloquently like that of how it really does fit together. Let's talk a little bit about uh, products. Um, are there any stores, online shops that you recommend? Um, or, you know, any particular go-to? I'm a singer who uh, definitely, whose who's strength is, is movement, and I feel like I'm, I'm very engaged in uh, the theatrical side of things, whether it be acting, um, dance, any type of movement. So I'm definitely probably wearing some very comfortable clothes in rehearsal. Um, I love Lululemon. Uh, I think their silhouettes are uh, fantastic and uh, it, it, it can look really clean. Um, so that's probably what I'm wearing in the rehearsal room. But uh, I love Acne Studios. Um, you know, um, that kind of uh, mm -hmm. French forward-looking minimalism. Um, but for more casual stuff, I would probably... Um, you know, of course, J. Crew, um, kind of in and out in the past few years, um, but there are some pieces that are, I feel like they still do well. Um, they come to Garçon, which is, um, you know, a wonderful French and Japanese collaboration and design um, that's super funky and fun, but, you know, very elegant silhouettes and uh, kind of minimal um, sort of style. What's your go-to oh, thing man. in life, uh, product-wise? I think a massive form of self-care for me, um, which you know, as you know, translates to like translates to mental health, and and I think it's so important to have um, a skin routine. Um, and I would say um, Aesop's products mm. are like mm -hmm. my go-to. I just every time I use them, yeah, I'm just like really. Um, yeah, it's beautiful stuff. The the sense that they kind of uh, 
uh, have within their uh, products are really beautiful. Okay, uh, let's switch gears. Talk about wellness. Um, this is another part of the podcast that I really wanted to focus on um, coming out of the style. I mean, I think that is it's such an interesting um, you know kind of collection to talk about. But wellness, I think, is one of those things. Uh, obviously, booms in every um, person's uh, life these days. I mean, from you know, what you eat to working out to the air you breathe. I mean, everything, there's so many wellness topics we could explore. Um, but I'm kind of maybe keeping it a little bit lighter on the, um, on this side of things. So let's talk about your dream day. Um, so like, you know, just in terms of, uh, from a wellness perspective of living your best life, what does that dream day look like? Uh, and then also relatedly, um, where is your happy place? So I spent a ton of time in the kitchen, um, even before the pandemic, where we were all kind of forced to deal with whatever kitchen talents we had and, you know, go off of that. I'm, I'm super interested in food and how food brings people together, as cliche as that sounds. I really believe in that. Um, and I think, you know, especially... Again, someone that is in different places kind of um, all the time. I find that one of the best things to do on a gig in the first week is to have, you know, everyone over for dinner or go out to dinner, whatever that is. Um, and so I think part of my dream day would involve some sort of, um, you know, group meal um, my dream day, though, would be um, in the summertime. I'm not a winter person. Um, I love warm weather. Um, pro probably in August, <laughs> you. you know, when it's just <laughs> slightly cooler than July and it, you sort of feel the cadence towards fall. Um, outside, um, you know, at a long table with a bunch of my closest people. Um, that's how it would end, um, with many bottles of wine. Um, but I think it would start with coffee, uh, a morning workout. I'm, I love group workouts. Uh, yeah, like, well, like soul cycle, uh, um, group workouts. Or, okay. Yeah. Or, uh, berries. Um, oh yeah. Like the class kind of so, yeah. when, uh -huh. when berries was a thing before uh -huh, we yeah, could yeah. all work out together. Um, I was definitely seen there many times. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just love starting my day in that way, and then it's kind of done. Um, I would probably go with one of my best friends um, to that workout, and then, you know, probably have a long walk in the sun after that, maybe do some, you know, strolling, maybe go to a museum, and then end with this dinner that um, I would prefer to cook for my for my people i hear you so what energizes you i mean i think those things it sounds like almost energize you so maybe this is a, a little bit more pointed question but um does it relate to fitness and um, food or is it something else i think being around people who see life in a similar way to me who are real who are honest with themselves um I think being around people socially in that way really feeds me. Um, 
I'm someone, admittedly, who can be very socially exhausted uh, very easily, um, especially moving from gig to gig. You know, I, I find it really difficult to kind of take down the walls um, at times and, and, and find that, that um, sort of ease mm-hmm. with social interactions. But I think, you know, what energizes me is being around people who I can just be unabashedly me. Um, and who know, you know, the many um, levels of who I am and, and uh, um, apparently like that. So with that, um, if you could spend a day in someone else's shoes, uh, whose would they be and why? Um, I think I would have to say Yo-Yo Ma. I would want to know how infectious his love of music and his love for what he does is. And um, um, me saying this right now is not making any claims that it's not genuine, but I would want to experience how genuine that is for him. Um, you know, I, I really feel like he's the type mm. of musician who is, you know, of the most generous type um, in terms of the communities, um, the various age groups that he has been able to reach. Um, I mean, if I think about a musician, I feel like he's an ambassador for um, humanity. Um, And I I think I would want to spend a day in those kind of shoes just Mm -hmm. to have that kind of clarity for what classical music is and not have to worry about, you know, um, I have to sing this opera now, or I have to sing this opera in two months and I have to learn this X, Y, and Z. I feel like he's, you know, very much obviously, um, of his ilk been there and done that. And, and it seems to me he's in a place in his life where he is doing exactly what he wants to do every day and loving it and infecting people with that same love. Um, and it's something that I, that I hope for myself, you know, eventually. Um, I, I feel very much in the, you know, nitty gritty grind period of, of being a classical musician, which I don't think ever will leave, but I think it transforms. And I think he's a master at having accomplished that. Uh, what does success mean to you um, as it relates to your career? I mean, is there any uh, particular major achievement that you would love to do someday? Or, um, I don't know. I, well, I will say the pandemic has changed this for me. Um, I think before I was super um, laser focused on a very specific kind of success. Um, and that success probably was, um, you know, funneled into big houses, uh, you know, um, prestigious opportunities which are all, you know, very important things. Obviously, I want to be a successful musician. I want to make a good living being a musician, which is just to say an honor and a privilege. Um, Mm -hmm. I think my idea of success has changed because I think I care less about where I'm working and more about the type of work that I'm doing. Um, And this goes hand in hand with, with, uh, with, you know, talking about aesthetic and, you know, what I hope to portray is that I'm someone who 
really loves working with other people who see art in the same way that I do, um, which is not to say um, it's an exclusive endeavor, but, you know, um, I, I think I can say positively that my biggest opportunity, um, which was canceled this last summer, was to premiere a world premiere by Tobias Picker. Um, who I just adore. Um, and, uh, cool. you know, um, yeah. I was the protagonist to be the protagonist, uh, in this opera at opera theater of St. Louis. Um, and just being there for the whole process. I mean, I found out that I would do that job almost three years ago. So this, you know, has been on the horizon, had been on the horizon for me for mm for years um and at 27 years is a long time uh, in a classical music career mm -hmm. um and i think just being there for that type of process um not to say tobias and i see art in the same way or you know james robinson who was going to be the director of that piece we see art in the same way but to be there for the creation of something new that was going to mean something to an audience and and having you know um so many possibilities um, kind of float around at all given moments of that process, right? Um, through the workshopping of it, through, mm -hmm. you know, I had received um, the first 20 pages, I think, of the opera, which was all that was written and was told, you know, this is the music for the audition. Um, and to kind of be a part of that and to see that move forward and then become something that was... Uh, eventually presented in Cincinnati um, last year to a small group in its final workshop and seeing those people react to the piece. I mean, talk about a moving experience. I think that's what um, I define success as if I'm able to have a career in those types of opportunities for myself, I would have been successful. Um, so let's um, talk about your latest project. Um, I'm sure you're working on something yeah, or, yeah. or plotting something now coming out of the pandemic. COVID-19 cancellations are starting to trickle in and that's super exciting. I wish I could be more specific, but out of respect for the companies, I can't quite say um, yet where and, and when. But, um, yeah, of course, you know, uh, I'll be in Europe this summer. Um, super excited to sing. Uh, uh, with the Nuremberg Symphony there, um, you know, do some auditioning and uh, uh, work with a, a lot of wonderful people. Um, Brigitte Fassbender, uh, Malcolm Martineau, Edith Wiens. Um, and then um, I'll be in my second year in my artist diploma at Juilliard in my final year, um, which kind of ends with me leaving um, towards uh, spring of next year and, and going right into um, some productions professionally. So super excited and grateful for that. And, you know, in a weird way, life has worked itself out and, um, and it will for, I hope, everyone else who's experienced, you know, the craziness that's been this year. So where can people find you? I'm revamping my website with some new recordings and that should uh, be be uh, live within the next month, I hope. Um, had an awesome photo shoot with this photographer, Tim Gersten, this past weekend, who did some lovely work, um, have made some new recordings. Uh, I'll get some new recordings this summer. So my website is uh, jarrettporterbaritone.com. 
And my Instagram, um, which I use probably most in terms of social media, is Jarrett Logan Porter, no spaces. Um, my first name has two R's and two T's. Um, and yeah, just if, if you, you know, need any, if you're a young singer and you need any advice or tips or help, like, please feel free to reach out, um, and follow me there. Um, and that's where I'm most, I do have Facebook, but, uh, using it less and less these days, I kind of keep that as, you know, so people know that I'm a person and alive. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it was so great uh, hearing about your story and uh, your take on style, wellness, and obviously your art. So uh, I'm sure uh, many people have found it very uh, useful for their own uh, life. So thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It's been really lovely, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Classical Post podcast. Explore more insightful content on our website at classicalpost.com, where we share original perspectives, listening guides to new recordings, and conversations with leading artists. Stay abreast of classical music, style, and wellness by signing up for our monthly briefing, delivered directly to your inbox. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Eifert. Thanks for listening.